0: Perik Alef, Mishnah Zayin Since the Mishnah has been talking from its point of departure regarding establishing a marriage and the purpose of the marriage is to establish a Jewish family, the Mishnah lapses now into um, some halachas as they apply or principles as they apply to um, parents to children and vice versa. So the Mishnah, Mishnah says, mm-hmm. Kol mitzvos haben al Any mitzvah which applies to a son, which must be insured by the father... And that's a very strange construction, as the Gemara points out. It's a stranger to say the sentence, um, but the idea is, it says in this funny way, it's mitzvahs haben al ha'av, a mitzvah on the son, which is on the father, is because if the father fails to do these things, then it becomes the responsibility of the child to do it for himself, and that's the lemaht here. So all mitzvahs that the father has to ensure the son does, anashim chayavin, the fathers are obligated, v'nashim paturos, but the women, their wives. The mothers are exempt. So the points out there are six mitzvahs we're talking about over here, um, and uh, some of them would apply to girls as well, as, like daughters as well as sons. First of all, you have the mitzvah of, of Brismila. The Puzzle says, Avraham circumcised Yitzhak, his son, tziva as Hashem had commanded him. Now, the fact that it brings this, the tzivui teaches us that it's not just often, but subsequent generations, and the fact that it says tziva oso, as Hashem commanded him, singular male, tells you that it's him, the father, not the mother. Uh, that doesn't mean, of course, the mother couldn't do it if the father fails. This is certainly the very famous story of Tzipora, who, when Moshe Rabbeinu failed to circumcise his son, Tzipora stepped in, and they did the circumcision, actually saving Moshe. But the point is that the obligation is on the father, and if the father doesn't do it, the obligation... Is on, on the child to circumcise himself and ensure that he's properly circumcised. Second of all, you have um, Pidion for a, a Pidion Bukhoros, if the child is a male child, firstborn, and he's the Peta Rechim, he's the first issue of the womb, and his parents aren't Leviim or Kohanim, so then there's a mitzvah for the father to essentially redeem Pidion, his son, uh, using a Kohen. And again, if the father doesn't do that, so then the son has to redeem himself. Third of all, L'lam, do Torah. This is also a Doraisa. The father has an obligation to teach his son Torah. The mother doesn't. This is based on the drasha because the pasach says, "Vilimadatem osam es And you will teach them the words of Torah to your sons. And the, the Drush is that it says, "Vilimadatem," but it could be read as, and which would mean that you have to teach yourselves. And so the Drush is the people who have learned themselves, meaning the fathers, the men, are the ones who have to do the teaching to the children. Okay, Um, next you have the lambda umnes to teach the child a a trade, a way to make a living to support himself. This really um, the source. This the pasuk is a is a pasuk in Yirmiyahu, so it's from Nach and the Navi, where it says ukhul vnechem nashim. You should. Yeah, you know, I said that I've already should say. It says, uh, excuse me. Uh, the, I'll say this one first. Uh, there's a mitzvah to to marry him off, meaning to find a, a wife for your son. That's the fourth one as my counting in here. Uh, the Rambam um, interestingly points out that it's an obligation on the father for both the son and the daughter to marry them off. And the Rambam says meaning early on, literally something like you know close to puberty. But the point is when they're young, relatively young. You know, I don't know, eighteen. Or so, whatever, eighteen, twenty, twenty-two. that kind of age we're talking about over here, um, is what Chazal had in mind. So, um, the basis of that is a Pasuk in Yom which says, nashim, Take wives for your sons. Um, and the reason why it's on the father, not the mother, really, is just a sfarah. because idea is um, the one who's obligated in pruvu to build his family and see that his children have children is the father. The mitzvah is exempt from the mitzvah. The mother's exempt from the mitzvah, and therefore it wouldn't fall on her. That's a sfarah. Um, then you have the mitzvah of teaching a livelihood, an umnas, a way for the child to support himself. That's also. Um, densely rabbinic in nature, or maybe it's a Sephara. The Pasach in Kohela says, Re'e im Isha You will live a happy life with the Isha that you love. And the truth is, Isha could be referring to the Torah or to a real wife. In either way, the point is, Re'e to yatav Chaim, and life means that you have to live, to enable yourself to live um, with that, either with, the, with the Torah or with your wife. Therefore, you have to find a way to support yourself, and that refers to uh, the parnasa. And finally, um, since you have to live, so the sixth obligation is um, to teach the child how to swim. That would apply to the uh, presumably the son and daughter as well, because if they can't swim and they fall into the water, they won't won't be able to save themselves. So, of course, they have to save them by teaching them how to swim ahead of time. Okay, so those are all obligations the father has to teach the son. If the son didn't get taught these things, you have a mitzvah to teach yourself. So if you don't know how to swim, go find out now how to do it. Now, When it comes to the mitzvahs that a child needs to um, do to his parent, again the construction here is quite strange um, but it's just pretty for parallelism like the first part, so all the mitzvahs that the son has to do to the father which they apply both to sons and daughters equally, um, as well as to fathers and mothers essentially equally, um, the base of this uh, really is also the Psukim, the pasuk the says, Ish, that's singular, a person. Imo aviv tira'u, they shall revere uh, his mother and father. The they, it should say, his mother and father he shall revere. It says, his mother and father they shall revere. Tend to that referring to not just the boys, but the girls as well. And then we have a mamad scene, which says, just as it applies to the mitzvah of Yira. It applies to the mitzvah of kavod as well. Yira, rever- reverence for your parents, basically means the things you cannot do, like the, the laven, so Yira implies that you have to not sit in their seat, you can't interrupt them, you can't contradict them, you can't even take sides, their side of the argument. And um, the mitzvah of kavod, of proper honor, it's like the mitzvahs asse, things you're supposed to, yes, um, do for a parent. So that means things like um, ensuring they have food and what to drink and what to wear and they have, you know, a blanket um, to bring them in out the house and so on. And um, these things the child has to ensure happens and really applies to sons and daughters equally. The Shulchan Aruch points out that married daughters have a first obligation to their husbands and therefore they're not around and available to execute this necessarily. But the idea is it applies to sons and daughters equally. Um, I should point out that the obligation to take care of your parents, which is a heavy duty obligation, of course, um, doesn't require you to spend money per se. So if the parent is hungry, the child has to ensure the parent has what to eat, etc. But the parent um, has to pay for it. The child can, you know, Use the parents' credit card, etc. Okay, that's that. Now, moving on, the whole mitzvahs ase shahazman grama, all mitzvahs that are triggered by some temporal event, it's some you know event on the calendar, on the clock, which um, triggers the mitzvah to you know now time to do the mitzvah. Anashim chayavim v'nashim peturos, men are obligated and women are exempt. Um, this is the general rule. Uh, there are plenty of exceptions in both directions. Um the rule is basically it boils down to eight mitzvahs for the record. The eight mitzvahs that um mitzvah Grama that women are exempt from are the mitzvahs of um tefillin. There's actually two of the, two of the eight are tefillin, because there's the mitzvah of Shiligad and Shalrosh, the arm and head. You also have tzitzis, um four-corner garments, that the tzitzah should be on. And the, those are time-bound because tits is a daytime mitzvah. The is daytime clothing, or daytime, but it's a daytime mitzvah, as opposed to nighttime pajamas, or whatever it is. Um, and uh, similarly, tefillin is a, is a daytime uh, mitzvah, and not on Shabbos. So those are, and those three, uh, the prevalent custom, as I'm sure you're aware, is that women do not do them. The other five, uh, which are, Shaking lulav, hearing the shofar, uh, living in a sukkah, saying kriyishma morning and night, and counting sefirah omer. So those five women are also exempt from. Uh, the custom, at least in Ashkenazi communities, are for women to do those anyways, to a large degree, um, as they're able to and can. And um, there is a or shown but they should say a bracha, before, you know, shaking lulav or something, because the bracha says, Meshir kidishonam um, b'mitzvosav v'tzivanu, We were commanded, and they're not really commanded to do so. They're exempt. But anyways, by Ashkenazim, uh, the general practice is women do do these things and do, yes, make a bracha uh, when it comes to a Sephardim. So there are different Sephardic communities and customs. Some Sephardic communities do and some don't um, allow the woman to make a bracha on these voluntary mitzvahs. Okay, so those are the eight. Now, there are six exceptions. There are six mitzvahs that are triggered by time. But, anyways, women are obligating them, each for their own reasons. Um, those six are Kiddush on uh, on uh, Friday night, and Abdullah to the extent it's connected. That's a mitzvah, which, because, whatever reasons, I don't get to the limit of each one of them. But women, anyways, they have to do Kiddush midoraisa on Friday night. They have to eat matzah at Lilith Seder. Midoraisa. They have to um, shecht the Korban Pesach, as applicable, when we have one, Bez Hashem. They have to eat from the Korban Pesach, as the mitzvah is applicable to them. Women are also included in that. Um, Bez Hashem, that'll be done soon. Uh, you also have the mitzvah of Simchas Yom Tov, uh, which means to rejoice on the festivals. All three of the regalim that applies to men and women, and finally the mitzvah of Hakel, which is this getting together on the on the mot- um during Sukkot of the year after Shemitah year. Okay, comes to Shalvim and hearing the reading of the Torah from the king or whoever it is, so that um, is also obligate on women as well. Okay, so those are the six. I call them exceptions. Says so the mitzvah further. Other kinds of mitzvahs that aren't triggered by time, but are mitzvahs ase, so women have to do them like men. So these are all, you know, other kinds of mitzvahs, I don't know what they are. If a woman has a house, she has to build a makkah, and whatever. All, you know, all the mitzvahs in the Torah, giving tzedakah, and okay. Now, the as for prohibitions from the Torah, Bain grama, bain grama. It doesn't matter whether or not it's triggered by some some time temporal event. Um, either way, echad nashim um, nashim chayavim. Men and women are equally obligated. So women have to keep kosher. They can't eat treif and they can't drink blood and they can't go to the base of mikdash when they're not when they're tummy. Men and women equally, etc. All those mitzvahs, all the lavim, three hundred sixty five lavim in the Torah. Um, says the Mishnah, chutz with the following exceptions. There are three exceptions. That the Mishnah enumerates here. Mibal uval takif These three um, are mitzvahs which, like I'll call it, in theory, women could do, but in practice, they're, but uh, they're actually technically exempt for for technical reasons from the limudim. In other words, of course, women aren't obligated to doing bris because they're women, and so on. So there are certain mitzvahs, of course, which are just unapplicable by virtue of the fact. You know, if you're talking about Begadisha, that's you know, that's something that a woman can't do because she's an Isha already, and so on and so forth. But these three, there's no reason, like I'll call it biological reasons or logical reason why they couldn't do it, but because of textual reasons, um they are anyways exempt. Baltashchis refers to the um the prohibition essentially of shaving. Okay. Um the Patsak says Velo es pas There are um like five edges of your face, and you're not allowed to shave. where those five, like, kind of corners or edges are, it's not perfectly clear. Um, it's a m'luchus. But anyways, the point is, shaving with, like, a blade against your face is prohibitive in the Torah. It applies to men and not to women, based on the Pasuk, which means if a woman wants to use a blade to cut hair off her face, she's allowed to do so. Baltakif, that's the mitzvah that we call payas. Um, the Pasuk says, Lo pa'as roshechem. Um, literally, baltakef means kind of like to round off. So you're not allowed to round off your head, like a round loop around. Meaning, if you would like, you know, kind of like how like monks do or something, we shaving the area around your ears, you know, where the payas are. Um, it's hard to show on recording, but you know exactly where they are around the ear, behind the ear, above the ear. So from like basically the tip of the ear up, whatever. So um, that's applicable to men only. So if women want to shave their hair or their temples to make their foreheads or whatever the story is, that's uh, perfectly allowed. Men, I'm um, can't. I want to make sure it's clear. When it comes to the baltach it's the razor against the face, but if you use some kind of like depilatory, like some powder or something, that would be okay, not a problem. When it comes to the baltach it's that there should be hair on your head uh, where the payas are um, of a certain length, so it's not about even a scissors would be a problem if it's cutting too close. I think uh post camera already really at, at the what's called the number two on the of the shavers. That's supposed to be two-eighths of an inch. At that point, where you can kind of grasp the hairs, and I think post can already become lenient there. That's that's okay. Um, there are some who want three-eighths of an inch. At all events, um, a man should avoid getting his hair um, shaved closer than two with the number two. It's too close. And there's the problem with Baltakev. And finally, the prohibition against becoming exposed to corpse Tuma. This is a myth that goes actually on Kohanim only. So... Um, the Pusuk is that the prohibitions that Kohanim can't be exposed to uh, Tuma's mace corpse Tuma um, unless we're talking about they're dealing with the burial of their seven close relatives the mother or the father sister brother son daughter those are six plus the wife if there is one um, and uh, those kohan could do but the Pasuk says um, to emor El the Pasuk specifies benei aron, the sons of Aaron which means the boys but not the girls meaning that if a uh, Nice Jewish girl whose father is a Kohen wants to go to the Levi of her friend, that's permitted. But if a nice Jewish boy who's the son of a Kohen, he's also a Kohen, he may not go to the Levi of his friend.